Okay, so I'm here with Daniil. Uh, this is my second episode of this podcast, and I'm really stoked to have him on. This is probably going to be um, a little bit smoother than the last one was, just because I'm learning as yeah. I go. But I, I do think that uh, I'm really happy to have you on here because it's, it's going to be nice to have such a like diverse difference yeah. from the last person I had on. Um, so you've been tattooing for her how long? Uh, ten years. Ten years. This year. Nice. Um, and then when you started tattooing, you said you had a pretty proper apprenticeship, right? Yeah. So I, I did the apprenticeship at the shop for full year before I were able to, you know, use machine and all that. Nice. Um, as far as like the apprenticeship goes and like that traditional route that you yeah. went through, um, do you think that for the most part, it kind of made you a better tattooer or do you think that? Um, so that's a good question. And, you know, I think it all depends on the tour and the apprenticeship you do so it was the apprenticeship i had was more or less traditional in the sense that i did the shop with other people and that you know it took a whole year before i could even do two but uh it, it was it was different in a way that it was an apprenticeship competition so when i came into the shop i wanted to learn how to do two. i had no idea about what this whole field is and so i just walked in there two years being in the United States, looking like, <clears throat> you know, Eastern European <laughs> dude and, you know, ask him, how do you learn how to tattoo? So um, they gave me a little business card and on the website, it says they had apprenticeship competition. So um, I guess what it was is that instead of a regular apprenticeship where you go in and, you know, apprentice under a shop or under a tattooer, uh, we started with about 20 people who came to the first wow. meeting. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Uh, never. It, yeah, and eventually a lot of them, you know, um, ended up quitting yeah. and ended up not sticking with because it was like a one year of just like slaving yourself to the shop. And, you know, it ended up being with uh, three or four people who finished the apprenticeship and ended up doing so. How long would you say the, like the apprenticeship was before they were like at a point where you could start taking on clients? So for me, it was precisely, uh, I think, like a year or like 11 months or something like that, uh, mm -hmm. where I started tattooing uh, clients for free. And yeah. before that, I tattooed a few grapefruits. But uh, what was the point, like time-wise, before you actually started having clients that were paying oh, um, you and you were doing It was a year. year. Yeah, exactly. A year. And it was uh, a year and a couple more weeks for me because I've messed up a few things. And yeah. so <laughs> I, was, I was punished not be able to take on... Um, actual clients for two more weeks so for me it's the official date would be february 14th which is uh ironically valentine's day yeah that's and true actually yeah so I, I guess it's not ironically just interesting i um so you're tattooing now in where is it uh san pedro so i'm so. tattooing san pedro at a private studio um uh, close to Long Beach, California. Nice. Um, and you said that where you started, how long were you there for where you started with your apprenticeship? Did you stay there after that or? Uh, where I am right now? No, uh, where you finished your apprenticeship. Oh, so I, where I finished my apprenticeship, I ended up tattooing there for maybe five years. So, or four years. I can't quite remember right now, but I did a year of apprenticeship and then I worked there like, I think it was four years for the same shop. It, it, the shop called Truth and Triumph. Uh -huh. It's in, located in Dayton, Ohio. And so at the time they had three different locations. And so I worked in two of them in, in a period of four years and until I realized that I want to travel a little bit and maybe I wanted to move. And so I worked there all the way up until I moved out from Dayton, Ohio and came here to yeah. California. 
I think the reason I jumped straight into that question yeah. um, is because uh, my friend Phoenix, he just did an interview, the Good Time Charlie right. one. I don't know if you saw yeah. it and posted, but um, one of the questions that he asked um, Good Time Charlie was, um, mm -hmm. "Do you think that an apprenticeship is essential nowadays? Like, right. You know, do you think that they like are necessary yeah, or whatever?" Yeah, that's a good question. It was a great question. Um, he actually said no. Yeah. Um, and I was actually going to do. I'm going to do another video on my opinion on it and post it to my channel. Yeah. But the. The feeling I had is kind of mixed because like I do think an apprenticeship is the right way to go about it. Right. The hard part is that not all apprenticeships are perfect. Yeah. You know, like sometimes the mentors that you have mm -hmm. don't set you up for success. And sometimes, yeah. um, you know, you're rushed. Sometimes people use you too much. Yeah. So that's the thing that scares people away from apprenticeships. But I think the true like concept of a solid apprenticeship with someone that's, you know, making you earn it. Mm. Um, and at the same time, giving you quality along the way. I think that that's so much more valuable than taking a class or a seminar or, you know, God forbid, a tattoo school or something like that. Um, I'm not big on that concept of like, you know, schooling for tattooing, mm -hmm. but I understand people's frustrations on it. But I do think that maybe you can relate that having that per traditional apprenticeship, it gives you a certain amount of um, like respect for the culture right. that the, you don't get do. if you just walk yeah. into it. Absolutely. So it's kind of hard because it's like, yeah. you want to have people earn it, but yeah. there's a lot of people. It, that, it is yeah. a humbling experience for yeah. sure. So do, do you think that uh, it's necessary for someone now to have an apprenticeship? Um, you know, in the sense of uh, getting to know the industry and getting to know things deeper, I think so. I, it, from a point of view, if you just want to learn how to do two, may, maybe you don't have to. But because I did it, I think that would be the proper way. Um, yeah, I, I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. I think I agree. I think it's the, the appreciation of for the industry. Yeah. Um, I think the other side of it is just like, like when you did your apprenticeship, you were tattooing in a year, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that was when you stopped learning. Like that right. was like the beginning of yeah. your learning, you know, and yeah. people don't realize that is is getting to a point where you can start working on skin is just the beginning. Right. Like that doesn't mean you've finished yeah. and you've, you're a tattooer. Yeah. Like that's when you now have to see if you can make yeah. it in the industry. Yeah, you just passing the first line to allow you to touch people's skin when you're yeah. doing your apprenticeship. Um, in that beginning process of your apprenticeship, what was the thing that kind of resonated with you the most as far as like, did you have a moment, like an aha moment where everything just started clicking? Um, <clears throat> I think maybe there was a, quite a few of those aha moments yeah. in, in, in the apprenticeship. And, you know, thinking back about it, I, just like realizing how helpful it was and how helpful it was to work with other tattooers who knew what to do and he yeah. can give me good tips on things to help me, you know, get to the aha moment mm -hmm. where it would take me a lot longer to get there on my own and would get me to mess up a lot more tattoos before I got there. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a big plus of like, you know, staying somewhere where you started because yeah. I think they're more accepting to help you oh, along I, the way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, cool. Now, um, you said that you started in Dayton, uh, where was it? Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, have you been, because you're from Russia, right? Right. Have you been back to Russia since you started tattooing? So I have actually. I've been there uh, twice last year, uh, and last uh, time I was there was in February. So did you tattoo while you were out there? Uh, I did not. Uh, strictly came there to visit family and friends, and um, just how long of a flight and just how far it's out there. It didn't make too much sense for me trying to promote my work and everything and uh, other economical factors. Um, just it, it it wouldn't be too beneficial for me to do so. Maybe if I'm constantly going there, like once, twice, twice a year, it will make sense for me to start building clientele there. But for that time being, for like being there just for two weeks, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. And I guess 
because you had been gone for how long before you went back? Um, like 11 years. So, I mean, it's like, why go back and work at the same yeah, time? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why go back and work? Yeah. Uh, but now, is it plans that you have to start going over there more often? So, uh, because of the current political and um, yeah. situation with, you know, Russia and Ukraine war, it probably would be a lot harder to go there. Um, I don't think I'm planning on working there, period. Uh, but I'm definitely planning on visiting my family and friends in there, you know, in the future. Got it. That's good. And I think the other the other interesting part is like the artists that you normally probably go visit are actually moving over uh, here. Yeah, that, <laughs> they're all moving that, over here. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought about that. Um, I used to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And okay. Like, the one thing is like everyone wanted to go to Brazil to get the purest yeah. like form of it, uh -huh. and then and now they're all here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> same. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, awesome. When when you when you did start tattooing, like you said, you had several of those like mm -hmm. aha movements. Um, was there anything that really was frustrating to you to learn like was there was there something that you just like struggled with for a long time uh, well i think technical application was you know in the beginning mm -hmm. for sure was like the most struggling thing just overall just figuring out how yeah. to do it on the skin you know yeah. and but it helped like being next to people who would tell me that hey your needle is probably sticking out too much or you forgot to stretch the skin here or yeah. you know the tube is too clogged so um you know, like looking back and trying to think what, what was the most challenging was, I think it was just getting hours under the belt, you know, and I, I think I did a pretty good job of constantly staying busy and constantly practicing and doing basic tattoos and simple line work and like simple shading and stuff like that to uh, where the uh, quantity eventually overgrew in the quality. Yeah, I think... Um that that was my problem is i definitely like didn't get to do as many like i was telling you earlier yeah. when i started i, I yeah. was on my own so yeah. like i would I, and i think a big thing that i could have had more that i could have done but i think a lot of it was getting things and then learning from it so sometimes even like letting a tattoo heal because i didn't have right. the mentors around mm -hmm. me at first you know um but yeah that was something that i struggled with that was um was more so like trusting myself right i think that was yeah. something maybe i trust or you know trusting myself to do harder stuff was probably yeah. something that i struggled with the most but um yeah that's great um now you've been tattooing over 10 years mm -hmm. you know we're both over 10 years tattooing mm -hmm. um it's pretty interesting what transitions have happened in the industry yeah. since then you know what i mean like um, i'm sure when you started especially in ohio it was similar to where i started where it was like um a lot of salty like traditional mm -hmm. shops no one really wanted to teach anyone yeah but, uh, information was kept close, yeah. you know, and it was a lot rougher of a crowd. Yeah. Um, I think it was nice for me to be in that moment because I think we both came in somewhere around the transitioning point yeah, of where absolutely. like true, not the tattooers weren't artists, but mm -hmm. people that were artists outside of tattooing started to join the industry. Right. And, you know, there was a, like a mixing of, of, of generations around yeah. where you had the old people that were phasing out and yeah. the new people that were coming in, but learning mm -hmm. underneath them. So I think coming in at that time was nice because I got to experience that traditional value, but I didn't get drowned in it to where I was mm -hmm. like maybe, you know, fighting change. Um, do you think that you kind of went through the same experience as far as like seeing the industry go from more like yeah. hard? and Yeah, it, it, yeah. it felt like uh, for, you know, like coming into two and then about 10, 12 years ago, it, it was that us being stuck between the old ways and the new ways coming with, you know, marketing and Instagram and <laughs> All, all the uh, artists, you know, joining in and trying to uh, learn how to tattoo. So it, it was interesting. It was interesting mix being stuck in between, especially being in an older, uh, more like old school shop where you can see um, kind of like both sides, you know, like the 
old school tattooers and us newer tattooers yeah. coming in. So yeah, and so I mean, I guess speaking about that, like since we saw that initial transition when we started, we're yeah. kind of now in the middle of the same transition, you know, that's yeah. happening lately. Like, yeah. where it's like we are the old generation yeah. now. And I can't remember where I was at, but someone's like, "Oh man, like, what's up, OG?" Like they like they like called yeah. me an OG. Like, oh, that's crazy. And I'm like, sh and then I thought about it. I was like, "Damn, I've been doing this for yeah. like over 12 years now." Like, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of where we're at. And we're in this place where you know things are changing. Mm -hmm. um, do you think a lot of the stuff that's coming into the industry is helping it, or do you think that it's more just a phase? Well, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I I think just like with the technology. You know, new technology is coming in and it helps us in many ways. And the same time, it brings a lot of like side effects of uh, like negative side effects that could affect our previous way of living. And so the same with the tattoo and like definitely uh, a new blood, a new energy uh, brings like new outlook on tattooing and what it can do and what it could be. And uh, at the same time, they come without the background and knowledge and like maybe like respect for you know, um, things that was done before them to get them to the level where they are. So, um, I think both, but I also want to say I'm excited and, and I'm stoked to see the industry change. And I think it leads for progress and growth in general. Yeah. I think it's really well put because I mean, like you, that new blood is what constantly challenges, yeah, you know, the continual exactly. growth and stuff like that. Um, no, that's great. Um, for me in the industry, like, you know, I've had highs and lows, like you mm -hmm. have the, the moment when you're working, you know, fresh and you're excited and then you have the times where you get burnt out because you're mm -hmm. working so hard and then you take time off and then you realize you're getting behind and mm -hmm. there's constantly a struggle um, that I deal with, which like getting that work-life balance mix. Right. Um, and it's easy for me now to tell people like, hey, you need to take more time for yourself. You need to work out. You need to do this. But I'm in the position where I can take that rest a little yeah. bit more where you know, like admitting that that work that I need to put in was like necessary is important, just yeah. the same. How, how do you think that you find a balance between the work yeah. that you've put in over the years and now trying to, you know, find a, you know, a more, I'm assuming like social balance and life yeah. balance, right? Yeah. yeah, interesting that you've mentioned that because that's quite literally what I've been thinking of as of recently for first nine years or whatever, it's been so much focus on just the two and then seeing how disbalancing it was and how it affected my body and my mental state and just uh, my uh, my life in general. I'm uh, just now realizing that, just like you said, I don't have to put as much work anymore, but it's nice and helpful to find that balance in life and, you know, take care of your body, and, yeah. you know, take care of your mind and, uh, you know, go with that energy and um, trying to move with that rather than just putting everything in just tattooing. Yeah. Um, so what steps are you taking to try to make those efforts? Um, well, acknowledging, you know, acknowledging. Yeah. It's a huge part. You yeah. to acknowledge yeah. where your energy goes mm -hmm. and uh, maybe like realizing where it should go and realizing what things that makes you happy. Um, you know, realize that, you know, you, you are a person, you have, uh, you know, family, you have friends, you need to take rest, you need to have hobbies and, uh, realizing all those fields that are important to you that makes you happy and you know uh, trying to put a little bit of energy in there if you see in the those fields are uh, being uh, ignored for a while and which one do you think is being ignored the most by you um so uh quite a few actually um 
hobbies yeah. I've, I've ignored hobbies for a long time i've started getting back into painting and just like making things with my hands i really enjoy doing that uh, my personal life i've never uh, gave it as much attention and energy as i do right now um my physical health uh for seven eight years i was just ignoring my body and yeah. you know drinking and eating whatever um and um you know, like maybe family and uh, time off, what you mentioned, that was important, really yeah. important to have a proper time off to uh, to regain energy and to come into tune with a new uh, positive and just like uh, rejuvenated mind. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, you know, talking about like getting burnout and things like that. Yeah. Um, did you have like a period in your career where not you so much got burnt out, but maybe mm -hmm. you questioned whether or not you needed to be in this career any longer or questioned whether or not you should be doing something else with yourself? Oh, you have, you have a lot of good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, for a period of a time, there were weeks or months where I worked nonstop and like definitely the tune became more of a job yeah. to where I would just go in there and put work hours in and, you know, doing it for money so to say because yeah. that's you just getting paid just putting a lot of um uh workload uh and so i think so i think i've, I've questioned that after a while you going down the path and realizing that you know this it 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 happened as a hobby it happened as something that give you joy and it turned into work and um i think so i've had a few of those ones actually recently you know, recently realizing what is that that I'm doing and what is that that I would like to do with my tattooing. And so I think I'm still uh, looking deeper into that and um, trying to uh, trying to re regain that vision again. Um, yeah. Just kind of really cement your purpose. Kind yeah. Of, like, well, it, for now, it, it feels like a train that's going. Yeah. It's already going 100 miles an hour, yeah. you know, uh, and like maybe like deviating like the direction where it's going at this point got it um so for me i've kind of struggled a lot with that purpose mm -hmm. you know what i mean um i think the hard part is we were talking earlier about stigmas and tattooing and one of the yeah. stigmas is like taking time away from tattooing is yeah. a stigma it's like you must not care about it as much mm -hmm. or you must not be excited mm -hmm. and it's like it's like you know i spoke about this in the last one but it's like the complete opposite the more time mm -hmm. i take off for myself the more i'm excited to work because it's like you know that's what i was working for when i first mm -hmm. started you know like yeah the purpose wasn't just work you know yeah. um and yeah I, I think i'm agreeing uh, with what you're saying as far as like still trying to find that exact goal you know yeah um, and trying not to slow down that train along yeah. the way because you know you do slow it down and then you fall behind you know yeah and then you gotta haul ass and then you get burnt out because you're yeah. trying to haul ass to catch back up so yeah. it's like it's a never-ending process, but if if there was a moment that you've had that now did the opposite for you, where you were mm -hmm. like a day or a time or an experience or even, you know, uh, being around an, another artist or something, was there ever a moment where you were just like, this is why I'm doing this? Like, this is this is why I love this, you know? Um, you, you know, um, so recently I, start, I started noticing things that like really give me joy and um, that really make me happy into doing it. I think currently I'm in a stage where uh, the process itself of tattooing things that I like to yeah. and just being in there would um, kind of fulfills me a little bit. And so um, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, um, it, it does. It makes yeah. sense. Uh, 
I think in general, I like doing things with my hands. And so like tattooing was that something that made me feel more full mm-hmm. because I'm creating something with my hands and at the same time helping people yeah. in a sort. Uh, and I'm able to make a living from this. Yeah. So uh, like in general, I'm pretty happy with, you know, choice of career and what it allows us to do. And mm-hmm. I think we all blessed to do that and the freedom that tattooing gives us. So yeah, um, super blessed. Yeah. yeah, amazingly blessed. Yeah, um, for me, I do these seminars. Um, I used to do them a lot pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, not a lot, but like maybe two or three times yeah. a year, I used to do them. They'd fill up super fast, um, and it was great because I get to have people here, and like that's one of the things that gets me excited mm-hmm. is like helping other people that want to learn. Yeah. Learn, and like man, yeah. that, that pumps me up for like yeah. the, the whole month after that. I'm just like excited yeah. to work and. Um, you know, like it's just nice to be able to hand down that knowledge in a way, um, that I'm actually like contributing back. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that I, I posted a video of, um, I did a tattoo on the top of Mount Whitney mm-hmm. and it was, it was just a little tattoo on the back of my friend's ear mm-hmm. and it was the, the numbers of the elevation mm-hmm. and like the whole thing wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, um, it wasn't meant to be for Instagram in the sense of like, I'm doing this tattoo right. for a tattoo cloud. Yeah. It was more to commemorate the trip because yeah. Mount Whitney is it's a big hike. It's one of the, it's yeah. the highest point in the in the continental North America, I think. Um, and um, you know, I remember when I posted that video, there was this uh, comment from someone that mm-hmm. said, "I guess it, like and it was on Bishop's page because they reposted it." Mm-hmm. And the comment said um, something to the extent of like, "Oh, this is what our industry has become." Um, you know, and they're like criticizing mm-hmm. that I posted the video mm-hmm. because they thought it was for, you know, hype. Yeah, hype. But then that made me think. Um, I went to that person's page, and like, mm-hmm. first of all, they're a tattooer and their page was on private, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. didn't have much of a following. You know, to me, that just means you're not proud of your work that much. Yeah. But that made me think about that contributing to the industry. Because when people say our industry, mm-hmm. it's easy to be a tattooer and say that you're part of it. Yeah. But how many people are actually contributing to it is different you know yeah so to me being able to do these seminars i feel like is giving me that ability to contribute back into it and even like what we're doing now i think this mm-hmm. is great absolutely is there anything that you plan on doing or would like to do to try to contribute back to the industry or maybe you are doing already yeah, yeah like, it, it, it is it, it, yeah it, it is <laughs> all, all of your questions are always so good uh i think for me and sounds like for you and probably for a lot of men it, it feels good to be given back yeah. to the world and like to be given back to the community that you grew into and so i think uh passing along the knowledge and you know uh in a way uh transfer of energy is something that you know you've gained before from your previous mentors and you know now it's your time to pass along is a very fulfilling um very fulfilling thing to do mm-hmm. and um i've I would love to um, give back to community and in the sense of um, teaching and showing, you know, the ways. And I think a lot of the tours uh, struggling with that uh, concept of, um, uh, what is it called? Imposter? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Funny, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you're not thinking that, that, you know, at some point you have something to teach you. And I think a lot of it also comes from the uh, stigma of uh, old ways of, the tours who kept the knowledge private yeah. and you only have access to it if you became an apprentice. And that was like a very rare occasion to where now is um, industry is growing and learning happens in um, 
in, in, in many other different forms than just our uh, original apprenticeship. So yeah. I would love to, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any ideas of what you would do? Like, would you would you try to give back knowledge or would you try to, like, um, you know, some people are creating products, you know, yeah. some people are doing things. Like, I, I saw someone created an app on for the iPad that literally will make a stencil for you. Like, it'll break down the yeah. photo into a stencil. I forgot who that was. Um, oh, I think it was London Reese, maybe. Uh, huh. um, but yeah, is there anything that you have had in oh, mind that okay. you're like, I would like I, to do? I think I know which app you're yeah. talking about. Um, it maybe it's something for me to figure out. <laughs> uh, obviously, the one of the most simple things you're thinking about is, uh, you know, communication and you know, like talking yeah. back to uh, to your following because it's not just uh, clients now; it's also other tattooers and. Uh, you know, maybe picking up certain conversations that uh, have not been brought up or have been quieted and uh, in the sense of showing um, uh, what you're doing, like in the seminars, uh, mm -hmm. showing how to do things and trying to get people uh, transfer some knowledge would probably be one of the uh, first thing that comes to mind. Um, I would love to come out with something um, maybe uh, a little bit, don't want to... Um, how do you say it, right? Uh, not meaningful, but how you said uh, maybe in more original way, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to maybe expand that, um, uh, expand a little bit how you can share the knowledge, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, you know, even just what we were talking about earlier about you wanting to get more into like video stuff. Yeah. Like, I think, like you said, you're still kind of figuring some of this yeah. out, but um, for me, it all just kind of came together slowly you know what i mean yeah. like yeah like yeah. one more one more piece was added to the right. puzzle and then eventually i saw the picture yeah, and exactly. so yeah i'm sure that's kind of where yeah. that's going um so when it comes to you know just in general where you're at now mm -hmm. in your career mm -hmm. um would you do anything different if you can go back um well it's easy for us to be like yeah. i'm proud of you know the experiences yeah. i have because it made me who i am but that yeah. doesn't mean we can always have you know done something different that potentially yeah. could have made the situations better is there any is there any regrets that you have in your career um well i always wish i would done more art through you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. through my whole career i would uh, i would created more art outside of tattooing um so that maybe brings back to the balance uh i would say expand further than just tattooing mm -hmm. uh you know so i really like um I really like people. I really like get to know people, and I've recently discovered that I do like psychology in a way. And mm -hmm. uh, tattooing seems like something that is almost like a therapy for people. And and so um, maybe if I would have realized that sooner, mm -hmm. then I could have given back more to people, to my clients, and maybe to my following through um, speaking up more, you know, yeah. and 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 talking to them. I think that maybe. Yeah, that's a that really be, good point. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so that's a really good point because um, I, I don't think we realize, and and this is going to sound uh, to me, and because I struggle mm -hmm. with imposter syndrome horribly, yeah. like I struggle with it so bad, I I just always don't give myself credit, yeah. and I feel like I'm just living in a weird situation sometimes. Yeah. Um, and one of the realizations I had recently was um, uh, the last seminar, or the, sorry, the last podcast I did mm -hmm. with Angel. Um, I think it was like the week that I posted the video. Um, you know, there was people that were like posting it or like tagging it or yeah. whatever. But one story that stood out and it didn't stand out at first, but mm -hmm. um, the guy tagged me and Angel in it. And it was, um, it was basically uh, a story of him 
and mm-hmm. he had an easel in front of his couch and mm-hmm. he was about to start painting and he had the podcast on the TV. Oh, so wow. he was like, I'm going to sit down and paint. Yeah. Um, and at first I was like, oh, cool. And like, you know, I liked the story and then moved on. And then um, I think Angel reposted his story because yeah. he was also tagged in it. And when Angel reposted it, that was like the second time I had eyes on it. And mm-hmm. when I had the second, you know, uh, time looking at mm-hmm. it, it made me realize like, wow, this person is actually like watching something I put yeah. out there and taking it in a way that maybe I don't realize people are appreciating it. Yeah. So that was like a humbling moment for yeah. me. Um, and at the same time, it was something that I was really proud about because it was like, I remember being in that position. I remember mm-hmm. like painting in front of my TV and like watching, yeah. uh, I have like the DVDs. I have like Nico's DVD. Yeah. I have like Bob Terrell's DVD. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I used to buy seminars or I went to one seminar in Massachusetts and, you know, I rewatched the live feed later on and, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to see someone sitting down and watching something that I made and view me as an artist that mm-hmm. they look up to, I think that mm-hmm. was like a really big hit to yeah. me. Like, wow, like that's yeah, it, awesome. You're inspiring somebody to do better. Yeah. Have you found that you've well. like have had such situ- similar situations? Um, well, <laughs> probably not because I haven't really had anything uh, out there that could be shared and viewed like that in public. Um, I think I have had those moments more in a private sense. Uh, with a um, person to person that more or less I know and like more or less, you know, like looked up to me and I had a chance to know them, like to speak to them and share my story and such. And yeah, so definitely um, maybe more in a, a personal space, you know, yeah. with other tattooers, other younger tattooers coming up and asking questions and trying to figure things out and, and so on and so far and, you know, hearing me speak and just seeing the uh, fire in their eyes, you know, like lighting up as you know we talking so yeah. i don't think i've had that actually <laughs> like oh. now that i think of it like yeah like i've tattooed yeah. other tattooers yeah um but they're friends like yeah um, um but i don't think i've tattooed that many clients like mm-hmm. on a regular basis that are also tattooers yeah so uh ne- neither have i okay. um i you know what i've mentioned is that i've started tattooing out of dayton ohio and mm-hmm. like i came back there a few times and and there was I always go back to the same shop uh, to do oh, the you yes, still go back now. Yeah. Uh, like not not as often, but I have. You Got know, it. so in the last five years, I've been there like two, maybe like three times, and um, the shop always have new guys coming in, and so like it was like really humbling and inspiring to see younger generation come and you know like being interested in like what I'm doing and how I got there. Um, so th- there was moments like that, you know, and so. Um, also see myself in them because that was me at one point yeah just asking a million questions and trying to figure this thing out you know yeah, yeah. i think that's important is asking yeah. questions people don't do oh yeah enough. yeah i tell yeah. that to, when i do my seminars that's one of the biggest things yeah. i tell them is like if you're here you paid money ask questions yeah um, when i met franco uh, the first time was at one of the, the seminars that he did with nico it was like mm-hmm. 2015 and uh, it was me, I think, like, I don't remember seven other people, mm-hmm. but, like, I just did not stop asking questions yeah, to the point where it was, good. like, yeah, like everyone, like, was, like, it was just funny because they would ask, like, does anyone have any questions? And everyone mm-hmm. would stay quiet. Mm-hmm. And then I'd ask a question, and he'd answer it, and everyone mm-hmm. would write it down. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, everyone yeah. had questions. They just yeah. were too embarrassed to ask it, you know? Yeah, we'll see how that turned out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, a, a point is, like, um, it really is important to be inquisitive when you're trying to yeah. get good at anything, I imagine. But um, now with where you're at, you're in a private studio. 
and um, you've had that studio for how long now? I've been there a little bit over a year. Over a year. And then um, is it just you there? Yeah, just me. Okay. Do you ever feel like maybe being in that situation mm -hmm. is limiting your progression? Um, I, I think maybe it could at some point. Um, I don't think currently it is. Uh, so I worked at, in big shops basically since I started tuning for nine years or so. And so um, I've gained a lot from working with other people. And it was absolutely amazing uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, at this point of my career, I think having a private studio just gives a little bit of a, a peace of mind and quiet and a chance to focus on uh, on the client and on the tattoo and especially um, with the uh, how long uh, for me it takes to tattoo, I need to be fully focused. So like being on my own, I don't think it hurts right now. And also I don't think it hurts to uh, do a little bit of a traveling and yeah. doing guest spots, how you mentioned. Yeah. Guest spotting in a, is at, the, at the big shop is a very cool thing because you can, you know, pick everyone's brains up and whatnot and then come back and, you know, planning into your work uh, and in, into your studio. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm in the same situation. I yeah. have a private studio. I did hire someone and I'm hiring yeah. more people now, but um, that was always a fear of mine. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think that's happened, but I do think that I'm conscious of it a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think the other side of it is like, yeah, I need to get myself out there traveling more. Yeah. So, you know, now that things are sure. a little more relaxed now, like that's kind of the goal is like travel more, guest spot, do things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, so for me also kind of having my private studio was allowing myself to withdraw to an environment that I can control, right? Yeah. Like it's like I had control mm -hmm. of the music, the you know mm -hmm. schedule, yeah. everything. Um, and I think a lot of that at some point might have come from just wanting to pull away from the opposite situation mm -hmm. because maybe exactly. the, the opposite situation, yeah. you know, at, at some point, I think it's not even that that situation is like not ideal. At some point, it kind of like almost, it, you almost, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth in some yeah. people's lives. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like being in those situations just make you a sour person and that's why mm -hmm. you withdraw. Um, has there been any low points in your career where you're just like, really needing to withdraw from yeah. everyone have you had anything yeah. like that like, absolutely yeah, yeah. Wor working in a big shop is could turn like that because you know you, you you do work with a lot of personalities you do work with a lot of artists who us have yeah. egos yeah. you know huge and so, egos. yeah huge <laughs> egos and and other clients and stuff and so and then you have your personal life and you know other things happen in life so it could be very overwhelming and I definitely find myself in those situations quite a few times. Yeah. And um, I, I guess I didn't realize what they were at the time. And I do now when I work by myself and seeing those moments don't come up as much because how you said you control the environment yeah. and you can get yourself to the right mind space and, you know, feel comfortable. Yeah. With that being said, like, you know, that you said you've had experiences like that. Um, how, like, in your career, because you've been doing this for 10 years, when was it that you probably hit that first wall of like, I need to get out of this situation? You don't have to name any shops, but like, right. you know, how far um, into your career were you like, because uh, I've had it a so, couple times where it was pretty yeah, gnarly and I was just like, I needed and, to like, And it yeah. seems like um, when you work in just like one space for like two or three years, that you probably start kind of hitting that wall where yeah. you just need to maybe uh, change the environment a little bit for you to refresh up. Uh, maybe you get a little too staggered in one spot and you know I think for me it's maybe like every like 
three, four years. You know, there's there's something here that's you know doesn't allow the progress and you know um and, and I'm not mentioning something there as a shop, but just somewhere where I put myself in, like the yeah. you know, like being stuck somewhere. And um yeah, so I think that that's it for me. I think um there's been places where I, it wasn't even that it was a bad situation. I just knew yeah. I didn't belong. You know right. what I mean? Um, and I'll always remember this because earlier we were talking about, you know, when I used to work with Norm. And yeah. uh, I was fortunate enough to work with Norm and I'm fortunate enough to work with Nico. And I said yeah. this on the last podcast are like some of the hardest working people yeah. I've ever met. But I'm also like a very quiet to myself yeah. person. And um, at least like when I work, when I work, yeah. I like to focus on work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a blessing to be able to work at Norm's shop and have that experience. Absolutely. Like uh, something yeah. I never want to take back from that. But I did leave Norm's shop to go, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, to Nico's shop. Um and I think by the time I left, everyone kind of knew it was coming because I just didn't mm-hmm. feel, you know, comfortable. Yeah. But um, uh, and not that they made me uncomfortable. I just wanted yeah. like a quieter yeah. space is all. Um, it was, you know, they're amazing. Um, but I'll always remember Norm had a sign on there uh, somewhere in the shop. I don't remember where it was. It might have been over the machine shop. But it said, um, if you don't be, if you don't belong, don't be long. Right. And I feel like that just kind of like ingrained itself in me uh-huh. and not like in a negative way. It actually was in a very yeah. positive way where it was like, I realized if I'm not somewhere that's conducive to like yeah. a good environment uh, or an ideal environment for mm-hmm. me, like maybe just, you know, like you said, you know, after a yeah. certain amount of time, but, um, and that wasn't so much the problem there, but I did see that in other places like where I'm just like, yeah, I don't belong here. Yeah. So it's like more of an awareness, yeah. you know, and sometimes being in these situations like they're great opportunities and you feel mm-hmm. like you should acclimate to it or, or be yeah. more accepting of it but then what that does to you i think you know post you know working there can take a lot out of you, you yeah know? absolutely yeah but um, i was fortunate to work there norm was an amazing person and um, i definitely would have done the same thing all over again yeah but there are other places i've worked and i'm like i should have left sooner mm-hmm. you know yeah. so um in the industry that you've been in for over 10 years I mean, that's really your life, right? Like mm-hmm. tattooing has been yeah. your life. Like, there's, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to even think of through, through, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't. It. Yeah, I can't imagine like it being anything else to me. You know what I mean? Like tattooing is just my life. I'm never not going to be a tattoo artist. Yeah, I might do different things, mm-hmm. have different business ventures, but mm-hmm. I'm never not going to be a tattoo yeah. artist. The thing that I'm curious is, and I, you know, I asked this to Charlie too, or Phoenix asked it for mm-hmm. me to Charlie in his interview was. Um, in the amount of time that you've been in the tattoo industry and everything that you've been exposed to, mm-hmm. what have you taken from the tattoo, learn, you know, just being in the tattoo industry experience and mm-hmm. that you've noticed it's carried over to your day-to-day life? Like what experiences have you had that have just completely maybe changed mm-hmm. you from tattooing that you now see that you carry with you every day? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a deep question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um you know, maybe um, maybe it's the real realization that um, you know every contact we have is a uh, is a collaboration. You know, it's a it's a relationship in a way, and so um, the quality of your life, of your work, of the tune, of working with clients and coworkers would uh, you know highly depend uh, on a, on a quality of your relationship, and so. Um, um, probably that, you yeah. know, realizing that's that, really good, that, yeah. that everything we have here is a relationship and, um, start changing that and your life start, 
you know, adjust into the better. And yeah. Well, it's funny because um, earlier we were talking about like you asked me like why I do this or what started me doing this or you know like the the videos and the podcast yeah. and stuff. Um, and a lot of the things that I do in life, they don't really have a reason. <laughs> like yeah. I just it just kind of happens. You know what I mean? Like I just find myself. I mean, starting tattooing wasn't something. I mean, I knew I wanted to. Sorry, I knew I wanted to, but getting to the point where I'm actually tattooing, there, there was. There wasn't one singular moment. It was a lot of little moments that kind of kept leading up to me being in this situation, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I, I think it was serendipitous. I think it like it was meant to happen. You yeah, know? I do truly believe that. Um, but for me, even just being here right now, and we're talking about like different concepts and stuff. Yeah. Like you know, the things that you're answering are surprising me because mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought that way. Mm. But having that knowledge that you're sharing and the sense mm -hmm. of what your experiences are or what your perspective is is like really refreshing because mm -hmm. it's like damn i'm realizing like maybe i'm not aware of certain things you know like you know like mm -hmm. you're saying like the, the relationships you have with you know your 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 clients in the sense of you know how much impact you could have on mm -hmm. them or just kind of like you know you talk about psychology and how yeah. you know i i do see that in my career yeah. where i like i talk to people and i could see that it could be like counseling but i maybe not i don't like single it out in a way where i've been that aware of it is like right yeah. now you're talking about it so i think that's great um because that's kind of why i want to do this yeah you know, I, I like talking to people and i like getting perspective but mm -hmm. more importantly like whoever's watching or listening mm -hmm. to this like they're also getting the perspective you yeah. know and that's the funny thing is like to do something like this we're just sitting down talking right not thinking about it but we're going to put it on the internet mm -hmm. and like you know people are going to be able to listen to it and the concept of just sitting down and listening to someone you know talk mm-hmm it's kind of a weird concept, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's now pretty amazing. Yeah. But um, do you find that you try to seek out that same type of um, like knowledge that we're putting out? Like, do you ever listen to podcasts yeah. or do you do anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, lots of, you know, audio books and yeah. uh, lots of interviews uh, yeah. with different people, not just the tours and, you know, from different fields, just getting that would you say different perspective on life because yeah. that's what it really is it's, it's life uh it's very refreshing good man um we talked about some dark stuff <laughs> you're not yeah, dark yeah, but yeah, we yeah. talked about some, 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 some more stuff, serious right, stuff yeah. yeah um on a lighter note like where yeah. do you see your career going now yeah um it you know feels like right now um maybe uh, uh you know like 10 year of tattoo and maybe it, it, a little bit of an adjustment of, of the direction where I'm going to where it's not just producing work and tattooing what it felt like it was before uh, to where somewhere where I could be a little bit more helpful and beneficial what you said to people and to the community um, first through you know word hopefully hopefully I can get it out there I can get it out of me yeah uh, to um, uh, to start you know spreading the uh, information and uh, maybe asking good questions and, and helping people ask themselves good questions, uh, help them think. And so um, b besides just part of it, the two and the just the two and maybe doing that, you know, maybe uh, what I've mentioned, um, getting back to people. Yeah, more interactions. Yeah, more interactions and uh, more communications and more feedback. Um, so speaking about, you know, people and communication, um, you know, there's people that I have, in a sense, molded my work around mm -hmm. from the beginning. And people that have been lucky enough to like be exposed to, like Bob yeah. Tyrell and Fred Flores yeah. and Alex Garcia, oh, the guy yeah. that I apprenticed under. Um, 
those interactions, you know, like are always going to live with me and, mm -hmm. you know, being able to text people that I used to look up at magazines and yeah. like, you know, shoot the shit with them. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. You know, yeah. um, I think one of the highlights, I think I mentioned this in the last time of my career was, you know, like tattoo energy and tattoo life magazine. Do you, mm -hmm. do you familiar with those? Um, one of the dopest moments in my life was when I like was a client told me that they found me through the magazine and mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't even know it was like on the magazine. Yeah. Like, so they told me what issue it was and I went and I got it. And when I flipped to the page, I was on the same page as like Bob Tyrell, Stefan wow. Alcantara, yeah. like right next to them, on, yeah. like on the same sheet. And I was just like tripping out about that. Um, is there any artists, and if you can name who they are, is there any artists that have done that for you where you've just kind of like looked up to them, but they've also kind of molded your style? Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, I think there's uh, quite a few artists through my career who I've been looking up to and who's now um, built, uh, helped help me build, you know, my career and my art and my tattooing. And so um, starting, you know, from the beginning to the end, it would be, uh, you know, like people like Bob Tyrell, uh, Carlos Torres, uh, George Duffy. Um, you know, uh, and later on it, um, I think the Liz joined with, um, some of the Russian tours, yep. uh, Alex Sorsa, Dmitry Troshin, um, you know, like me adapting like the style of the tune with, a um, with a liner, so to say. Um, so those were probably some of the, you know, like most obvious ones. And, um, it feels like there are a lot more. Yeah. others and other people who I worked with uh, who've uh, helped me shape you know the way I am and um, it, it was crazy it was crazy to meet some of those people in real life thinking that they were you know this just uh, celebrities like yeah. you know meeting Carlos was pretty crazy I was, yeah. I was really excited and you know uh, the fact that I had a chance to work with him was, was uh, very humbling and um, um, very exciting experience for sure. I could never imagine something like that would happen for, you know, a Russian dude who, you know, <laughs> grew up in a little town in Russia and then in Dayton, Ohio, you know, coming and doing this here in California. It was, yeah. it was real dope. Um, so like the, the example that I gave you with like the, being in the magazine with Bob yeah. Tyrell, um, I, I'd say out of everyone out there, Bob's yeah. probably been yeah. my biggest idol, like uh -huh. in, from the beginning of this, um, uh, you know, that was an experience that's singular to that, you know, um, yeah. person. Did you have an experience with any of those that was like pretty monumental in your career where you just like, just were in awe of the situation you were in? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I think working um, uh, with uh, Carlos, uh, working with uh, Sergio Sanchez and, you know, Alan Padilla, that, you know, the, the, um, at the Raven Walls with that experience, like for, how did you get hired there? Like, what was the moment? Well, uh, I'm sure that yeah, was probably... I, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, a crazy move. I just came to California. Uh, my mom traveled from Russia. So mm -hmm. we, uh, we took a vacation to come to California. And I just popped in a, a timeline gallery to yeah. chat with uh, Carlos and uh, just seeing uh, everybody who's working there. And we start talking and um, the conversation went to uh, that he's opening a shop and that you know, he has this painting that he wants to tattoo and, you know, he offered tattoo it on my back, which was another really crazy moment because I could never believe I would, you know, yeah. could get in contact with somebody like him and he just offered to tattoo me on the next cycle. And that's kind of how I, you know, got 
came uh, to get to know him and uh, by coming here and uh, doing guest spots and getting my back tattoo and you know deciding to make a move to California that was you know how I ended up there and what know? was the moment that you were told like do you want to work here or like uh, well it, <laughs> it it was more of a moment me coming to Carlos and say hey Carlos I want to work here <laughs> how do I do this yeah. and so um, you know um, Thankfully, he was um, he was cool enough, you know, to hire me. Yeah. And uh, you know, like uh, we had a conversation. You know, I was really persistent, me wanting to work. Yeah. I, I saw everything. I was like, well, this is you know, this is the spot where everybody you know want to be. And so, it was just like that. And it was you know, uh, five years ago, whenever uh, when I came here and you know, like get spotted there. Would you say that was probably one of the high points of your career oh, so yeah, far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and you know, starting tattoo, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the highest moments for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Very good moments. You know, like those were really good collaborations. You know, like and um, it was very beneficial relationships for you know at, at least for me. Hopefully for both of us. And then you know some of the artists you mentioned with Carlos and with Josh and with him. Have yeah. you got tattooed by most of them or? Um. So I've got tattooed by Carlos. Uh, he did a piece on my back. Well, actually, it's still in progress. I should <laughs> probably finish this. Yeah. It's really painful. Yeah. Um. And uh, Alex Sorsa, um, tattooing my leg, also need to uh, get back to that. Um, both uh, projects. I feel like tattooers um, are the worst at finishing projects. Yeah, like, but I will do it. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm gonna. I gotta finish this. You know, those two pieces for sure has to be finished. So yeah. um, I still have a few spots left, uh, just like on my sides and on my legs. Really, not that many. And I was thinking, you know, like uh, ho hopefully, maybe getting you know my ribs done by Josh Duffy, but. It just looks like such a painful process, yeah. and so I'm just like, uh, I don't know. He's a really nice guy. I've, yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, yeah I, I stopped by and I guess spotted one. Oh, one, cool, one yeah, time, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. I should reach out to him. Yeah, um, cool. We'll we'll start wrapping this up, but I have a couple like final questions. Yeah, that, like absolutely. I want to ask everyone. Um, so, you know, we talked about like not having, you know, the, not 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 having regrets. Like mm -hmm. you have regrets, but you know, but learning along the mm -hmm. way with everything that you have. Um, and, you know, 10 years is a long time in the mm -hmm. industry. Like, I don't think we realize it. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, uh, I asked my mentor, Alex, at the time, how long he had been tattooing. Mm -hmm. And he said eight years. And I thought that mm -hmm. was, like, the longest yeah. ever. I was like, whoa, like, you've been doing this yeah. all your life. Yeah. And now I'm 12 years in. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I don't think we realize yeah. it. But, um, you know, we talked about earlier being in a place where we're transitioning now mm -hmm. between different generations of tattooers. And we are the OGs. Yeah. Like, we really are. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not saying we're the oldest. Yeah. But we are an older yeah, generation for sure know. have some to share definitely yeah um being that generation and you know having these people come in if you can give three pieces of advice that you've accumulated throughout your career uh -huh. that you would give to someone that's just now starting in the industry no matter how they're starting but like people that are getting into the industry either mm -hmm. through apprenticeship or through learning on their own or whatever the situation is what are three pieces of advice that mm -hmm. you think um you would wish someone mm -hmm. gave you when you first started mm-hmm um, well, I'm probably going to mention a few that I've been given to, mm -hmm. uh, and like one of the biggest pieces of advice were to listen more and speak less. Uh, <laughs> it, it, and you know, it's, uh, it, it's so simple, but at the same time, uh, it, it's not because, uh, hearing and listening is two different things. And so, uh, learning how to listen is very valuable skill, uh, in, life in general and you can learn a lot from that yeah. and so um, 
that that would be one and uh, ask quality questions is another one because mm. you know the quality of your career would depend on quality of right ask questions um and third one um if i got to choose it probably would be uh an advice to stay humble you know stay humble and hungry and don't get your head blown up because <laughs> that that is one of the things that happen to a lot of tattooers when they start getting any good especially in the beginning of their career and you know i definitely experienced that and i'm glad i had people who humbled me at the time and helped me not to get too carried away with myself and with my work and whatnot awesome um so I told you, um, you know, I'm going to try to get Ben Ochoa on here. We yeah. talked about that. I, Franco, I, I know he said that he would be up for it. I just got to yeah. um, find time for that. Um, and, you know, um, talk to Vito about doing yeah. it too. Yeah, um, that's cool. It, who would you w like to hear of on a podcast like this? Interesting. Um, uh, it, it, it is a hard question um, because <laughs> there are so many people I would like yeah, to hear sure. speaking. Um, but if you can give me like two or three people that you, you think would be something you would want to listen to besides the ones I already named. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, from a, a standpoint of, um, do, do they have to be uh, alive? They do. Because okay. <laughs> I like um, to be able to ask yeah. them. <laughs> so it'll be really interesting uh, to hear Eric Marcinis, um just because it seems like... Um, you know, you see his work and I'd like to hear more about like his story and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I would really like to hear from, um, you know, hearing from Josh Zafia would be actually pretty cool. Yeah, um, I think that'd be really rad yeah. actually. Uh, that, that would be awesome to have Carlos on podcast. Um, and, um, you know, that that's probably like, you know, the, the, those three amazing somebody yeah, yeah. So, somebody who you know who who could be on your podcast and who can um give you insight and you know maybe call me off guard maybe i'll think about something <laughs> and write you down later hey actually this guy would be really cool yeah. to have on your podcast well since you mentioned it earlier yeah. if they weren't around who would you um i'd probably like to hear norm yeah that would be yeah, he, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he seemed very interesting person and uh, that would be cool. Yeah, he was a very interesting person. Yeah. For the little exposure I got to be around yeah. him, like in his, like that very very interesting, hardworking, mm -hmm. amazing yeah. Yeah, I've, person. Yeah, I've, not, I've met him briefly, but uh, not get a chance to know him. But from the stories I heard, it, it was just you know a different kind of man. You yeah, know, that's different kind of artist. So that's a really accurate way to put yeah. it. Yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, his shop was a labor of love. Like he yeah. sustained that shop. Yeah. Like like it was like his space yeah um i was really blessed to be able to have that experience yeah because it's like i've never seen i mean i've seen it but it's rare that you see people mm -hmm. that create literally every aspect of their life revolves around art mm -hmm. like whether it's graffiti or tattooing yeah. or whatever he was doing like every aspect of his life revolved around mm -hmm. you know pretty much art so that was cool to see um yeah that's good i'm trying to think if i have anything else um, do you have any questions for me since we're about um, to wrap this up well, I, you know, so I, I do actually, um, if, do you listen or read books? You into I, I, reading of anything of I, any I, kind I, or movies? 
Um, yeah, movies are great. Yeah. I, I just need something visual because um, I get yeah. uh, I get attention problems, yeah, ADHD. So, yeah. uh, if if you had a recommendation for me to um, read or, uh, any book or listen uh, or watch any of the movies, uh, do you have anything that you just do? This is the one that I recommend to everybody. Yeah, that's actually a good question. It, I mean, it would, it would have to be a movie because I don't yeah. read. You know. Um, and there's so many amazing books people tell me to get, and, yeah. I, and, and I, I'll even buy them or get, and I just won't ever yeah. like, read them. Um, I'm a sucker for feel-good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one movie that I watch a lot, and I think a lot of it, you know, I relate to in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. Um, this is It's not even like a, an amazing movie, but it's a yeah. good movie. Um, but there's a movie called The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. You know, you've seen that uh, one. You know, I have not, but I think right. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's got Ben Stiller in it. Yeah. Um, so when I was in school, I had really bad problems paying attention, mm-hmm. like really bad problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason was I would constantly daydream. Yeah. Like I'm just always looking around and mm-hmm. like I'd stare off and just go into this movie in my head mm-hmm. and just daydream. Um, yeah. And that made it really hard in school to like focus. And right. now I know, you know, ADHD and things yeah, like that, you know, now I've learned ways to work around it. But in the movie, um, he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. And he lives like a really humble, modest lifestyle. Like mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot, doesn't, you know, believe that he could have a lot or do a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of very mild uh, temperament. But in the movie, he's put into situations where he has to make choices. Yeah. And it all starts with making, like, the one choice. Mm-hmm. And when he makes that one choice, like, mm-hmm. the rest just follows. Wow. And then um, at some point, he stops daydreaming because he's living the things that he... Wow, would, creative. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a feel-good movie. But um, I say that that's a movie mm-hmm. that I watch, and it, and it just gets me, like... Um, it's visually, cinematically, it's actually a really good movie. Yeah. Um, Helped you... Uh, work with your ADHD? Um, no, it, 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 wait, wait, say, say Oh, that. like, did, did, it sounds like the movie maybe helped you. No, it, it gave me more of an acknowledgement. Acknowledgement? Of my, yeah, it was uh, not of my ADHD, but it, it, it gave me more of an acknowledgement of um, of the progress, mm. the progress I that see. I've made in going from somewhere, because yeah. I don't daydream anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah mean, it's like, important, huh? Yeah. Knowledge. Now it's like I'm living everything that would be a daydream, like I'm yeah. jumping out of planes, I'm, yeah. like, I'm surfing, I'm, wow, uh, yeah. you know, like... Uh, I mean, climbing. I, I don't even remember all this stuff. That yeah, I, do. I just do so yeah, much. You were doing uh, line dancing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, that's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pilot, so I'll go flying uh, sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, um, I guess that's kind of the point that I'm trying wow. to say. It's like, it's a good movie because it made me realize, like, um, that I'm kind of, you know, yeah. like living through that movie in a way where it's like, I can relate to it a lot, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, you didn't have a lot going for yourself or you didn't think you could do much. So you just daydreamed all those mm-hmm. things. And then once you give yourself that belief or that chance mm-hmm. and you take that leap, you know, mm-hmm. um, seeing what you could become, it's just like, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So I think for wow. me, yeah, that, that, that'd be a movie. It's a good feel good yeah. movie. Um, and it's like, a, it's not long. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. watching it now. <laughs> yeah, it's a good <laughs> that, movie. That's yeah. Good. But yeah, I, I would say that that's a good question. Maybe I should start asking people the same thing. What about you? Yeah. Is there anything um, yeah, so for me right now it would be a book. You yeah. know, it um, it's called Never Split the Difference okay. uh, by Chris Voss. It's a book about uh, basically book about communication, and and it's like one book that helped me improve the quality of uh, hmm. all my relationships and uh, everybody I come in contact with, and book that helped me realize the importance of uh, listening in other side and rather than focusing, you know, what's going on in your own head and yeah. That was just something that helped me in the last few years with life in general. 
I'll get that. Is it audiobook yeah, too? You probably it, have audiobook. It's audiobook too. It's super fun to listen. It's like a blockbuster. The guy who wrote <laughs> it, he's like ex FBI agent. He was yeah. talking with terrorists and negotiating Jesus. all kind of deals. And um, the whole thing is just like really cool. Listen or read. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a read. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming yeah, on, man. Um, you know, I'll get some photos of your tattoos or something yeah. before you leave because I'd love to be able to yeah, like absolutely. share those with people yeah. and what you got. Um, but, uh, no, I, I appreciate you having this conversation with me. Yeah. Um, I hope it was comfortable. Oh, and like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a very cool experience. Um, but yeah, and to anyone that's still listening to this, like, I hope you guys appreciate um, Daniil's time just because, you know, he drove all the way down just to come and do this with me and uh, he's going to hang out. And uh, yeah, I think we're very fortunate to be in an industry where we're mm -hmm. open enough that we can have these conversations yeah. and not feel threatened or isolated yeah. like it used to be. Exactly. So. It's always good to talk about things. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Yeah, well... Thank you so much. Thanks, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Great. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you.